Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Monday edition of Week 16. First episode of Week 16 uh, coming at you from January 30th of 2023. Uh, I am your main host, Karsten, and since it's Monday, I am joined by my co-host, my Monday co-host and good friend, Wyatt. Wyatt, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Karsten. Had a weekend full of uh, driving in snowy weather. But other than that, you know, it was pretty good. Very good. That's always a fun time, right? Driving in the snow. and Oh, yes. Super <laughs> when exciting. It, when it's, you know, light snow, it can be kind of fun because it's, you know, pretty views and all that. But, yeah, when it's heavy, it's never never a fun time. But, uh, yeah, I had a pretty relaxed weekend. Just stayed home, you know, hung out. But uh, we're both happy to be back. Happy to be back doing the, uh, the podcast with you. And... We'll get started, as we always do, with our quote-unquote five-on-five drill. We pick five games from the weekend of action uh, that we think are the most uh, interesting, intriguing, worth talking about. And our first of these is from Friday, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. And they come out on top at home, 111-100, to uh, continuing the Grizzlies slide. And with this, I have to... Uh, issue a quick apology to Grizzlies fans and the Grizzlies organization. <laughs> them. I I feel like I did honestly. I mean, I, they were on that. It was eleven games at the time, and I said they're going to sweep the Pacific teams. They're going to be fifteen and zero in the last you know fifteen games, and then they could proceeded to lose every single one of those games. So I apologize yeah. for that. But didn't uh, you predict that they'd beat the winning streak record too of like twenty games or something? No, I didn't quite predict that. But I said by the end of those four games, they would start moving into like when you talk about longest winning streaks, you know, like they'd be uh... one of you know the top. 25 or top 50 or something like that you know i i thought that was one of your or maybe it was justin's one of the bold predictions that you guys did yeah it was i i certainly said they would extend the winning streak but then they did the gotcha. exact opposite so uh, <laughs> memphis Bummer. i i apologize for that um and this game was a part of that slide um yeah just kind of a surprising win and i think it shows how minnesota has improved over the last couple of weeks um, and we'll have a little bit more to talk about that with our power rankings, but, um, yeah, for Memphis, they had a triple double from John Morant strong game as you'd expect. Um, the supporting cast wasn't bad. They had three other guys in double figures, but there just wasn't a lot of, you know, offensive help alongside Morant and even he didn't score huge in this game, but for Minnesota, uh, Anthony Edwards had a nice game, 25 points. Seven boards, seven assists. Um, 23 for Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, uh, making some plays out there. 19 points for D'Angelo Russell, along with eight boards and seven assists. He's been playing well, even though he continues to be a guy that kind of comes up in trade rumors. Um, and then Gobert, 13 boards, three blocks. Um, you know, nice stats for what he's doing. It seems like they're finding the fit, even without Carl Anthony Towns. They're kind of stringing some wins together. Um but uh, yeah, just wanted to point that out. Kind of a surprising loss for Memphis. Um, <clears throat> again, Wyatt, at any point, if you want to add any thoughts on these, feel free to do so. Interrupt me. Uh, you're more than welcome to interrupt me on this. So um, okay. <laughs> let's talk about our next Friday game. Uh, and this is the Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder, hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
And this is just another in the category of surprise wins. I mean, the Thunder haven't been a bad team, but the Cavs are one of the top teams in the East. Uh, so for them to be able to get this win, that's a nice win for them. Um, for the Cavs, uh, 31 points and 13 assists for Darius Garland. He led the charge for them. They were without Donovan Mitchell in this game. I think he's missed a few games. Uh, Evan Mobley, 23 and 11. So nice game for him. But for the Thunder, it was SGA leading the charge again. 35 points, 10 of 11 from the free throw line. Uh, three other double-figure scorers. Both Jalen Williams is getting a start. Uh, L-Y-N at center and L-E-N at forward. I can just never get enough of that, the fact that they have two Jalen Williams on the team. <laughs> and they, they they have, like, the same exact hairstyle, which is even better. But, um, yeah, the Thunder get a surprise win against the Cavs. Um, I, I don't know. What do you think, Wyatt? Are, would you be surprised with that, too, or are you not as surprised? I'm fairly surprised. I mean, Donovan not playing is – definitely a, a heavy factor for the Cavs right now mm-hmm. and so it, it makes it you know of course less surprising but yeah like you said the Thunder have you know not been the worst team in in the West at any point during the uh season but they they've been trending or I guess not trending but they've been consistently down there you know mm-hmm. in the bottom five or six so to see him uh pull a win out against one of the best teams in the league currently was is pretty surprising although we've seen it it happens every year so (laughs) yeah I mean it's always part of the schedule Uh, you know every week you're gonna have a handful of those games it's just kind of how how it goes but um yeah the Thunder currently 11th in the west like we said not terrible but not ultra great however I do think they have gradually been moving up a bit um, I feel like they could have been maybe 13th uh, just, you know, a few weeks ago. So yeah, uh, their yeah. last, last 10 games are seven and three. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a win to even further help that positive momentum, getting wins against good teams like this. They had one against Philadelphia a few weeks back. And so it's a good sign for them and their young core, even without Holmgren, they're developing. Once they get Holmgren back, then, you know, this team should be, continuing to build so definitely a nice note for them um let's jump to saturday this was the first of the three abc games on saturday as part of uh the nba's inaugural rivals week quote-unquote rivals week um and this was the philadelphia 76ers hosting the denver nuggets those two teams don't have a storied team rivalry but they picked this game because of the rivalry between joel Embiid and nicole Jokic, the two dominant centers in the NBA today. Um, And Embiid himself dominated this particular matchup, 126 to 119. The Sixers win it. And he had a big game against Nikola Jokic, the two-time defending MVP and a front runner this year as well. Uh, For the Nuggets, Jokic had a nice game, 24 points, nine assists, eight rebounds. I mean, it's a very solid game. But for him, it seems like, you know, uh, subpar in some senses. Um, Jamal Murray, 22 points, 20 for Michael Porter Jr. and 18 for Aaron Gordon. Um, but for Philadelphia, too much Joel Embiid, 47 points, 18 rebounds, five assists, three steals, two blocks. I mean, hard to, hard to Weak. stuff the stat sheet a little bit. <laughs> Weak, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't he grab 20 boards? Unbelievable. Yeah. Come on. Get that close. And then <laughs> don't even grab a few more. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, yeah, crazy good game. 
17 points, 13 assists for Harden. He continues to be that double-double assist guy. Um, Harris, 14 points. Melton, 13. uh, And 14 for Niang, 13 for Maxi, both coming off the bench. Just a a strong outing for them. Um, Why Talking about this MVP conversation, Jokic has gotten a lot more press in the last several weeks as far as being a frontrunner. Do you mm-hmm. think do you think Embiid should be a much greater part of that conversation? Maybe should he take the place of a Jokic if you're thinking along the lines of Jokic has already won a couple? Or do you think that logic in terms of the MVP voting is we look back and think they shouldn't have been voting that way? Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I definitely think that we should avoid that. You know, you and I kind of avoid it, or we we kind of try to with our uh, super coveted MVP trophy yeah. that players contend for. But I definitely think in in the professional league in the NBA, they should, you know, not really take into consideration. <laughs> oh well, they won it last year. They won it in the last two years. I think it should really be who played the the best basketball throughout the season. Right. But that being said. I don't think Embiid is like, you know, out of the picture. I think he's played a, a phenomenal season and, you know, should be right up there in the conversation with Jokic. Yeah. A little bit less, uh, you know, you know, people love watching Jokic and they love how he sees the floor and passes as a big man. And, you know, Embiid doesn't have as much skill in that regard, but, you know, he has his other strengths too, much more athletic and, uh, mobile, I would say, than the Jokic. So, two very great centers that both should be in the conversation. Absolutely, I'd say Embiid is a little bit more of a natural scorer. Of course, Jokic is more of a playmaker, so they both have their strengths that way. <clears throat> and you know, and you kind of made me think of something that might be interesting in this conversation. People, like you said, people wa- love watching Jokic because of his passes and his flair for the game. You know, I wonder if because we know that Embiid is. He has that little wrinkle of like a Bill Ambeer type personality where he's going to get under the opponent's skin. He's going to, you know, be physical and then act like he's the one getting fouled. And I wonder if that almost works against him when it comes to the MVP. This is probably, you know, tinfoil hat type stuff. But like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like if you if I'll put mine on real quick. Hold yeah, on. let's let's put them on together. <laughs> if because if you're not a Sixers fan, he's probably a player that irritates you you know, when your team's playing against him. I remember uh-huh. when the Jazz have played him in the past and, you know, he, he forced or managed to kind of maneuver and uh, trick Donovan into picking up, a you know, some techs and he got ejected. And it's like, man, Embiid, why does he have to, you know, play the mental game and be so good at it, you know? So maybe right. that plays a part. But, yeah, otherwise he's having a stellar season and the Sixers have just gotten better and better as the year's gone on. They're currently second in the East um well sorry third in the east they were second just yesterday but i think um so they're very you know Milwaukee they're, they're back up to second now are they back up second yep so but yeah they're they're right back and forth with the yeah milwaukee the and, and philadelphia right there um but and again we'll talk more about philadelphia as a whole with our power rankings certainly but um yeah Otherwise, it, it was certainly a great battle between two centers. Jokic didn't have a bad game, but Embiid just really, I you know, took it to him, I guess, and had a very, very dominant game for sure. Um, 
let's jump to that third of the uh, rivalry week games. And this was a overtime affair in Boston. Uh, the Celtics facing off against the visiting Los Angeles Lakers. The Celtics win in overtime 125 to 121. Um, there's many that are listening that are already going to be kind of uh, wanting to say some stuff about this game. We're going <laughs> to hold off for just a second. Yeah, get a foul. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to get there. Don't worry. We're going to first just <laughs> give you the the numbers of it. Okay. It was a back and forth game. Um you know, both teams held leads at various points, uh, 19 lead changes. Um, for the Lakers, they were led by LeBron. He had a stellar game, 41 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, great percentages. Um, let's see, Anthony Davis still coming off the bench. They're kind of managing his load for this, you know, first few games back from injury. He had 16 points, 10 rebounds. Um, and there were four other scorers in double figures. Meanwhile, for the Celtics, they were led by Tatum. And Jalen Brown, kind of par for the course there. 30 points, 11 rebounds for Tatum. 37 points, 9 rebounds for Jalen Brown. And 26 off the bench for Malcolm Brogdon. Nice bench performance for him. Yeah. Um, of course, that's all the stats. We know, you know, statistically how the game went. But there's a lot more to this game. In the last few, it was the last minute, right? Um, it was a last-ditch effort. Game is tied. LeBron drives in to, you know, get the game-winning layup or at least draw a foul. He gets hacked by, oh, who was it? Jason Tatum. Yeah, Jason Tatum. Um, There's no call. It wasn't the hardest foul, but it was definitely a foul. You know, hand hits the arm, the shooting arm. It was a clear foul. And there was a ref that was pretty close that, you know, you would think should have seen it play. Foul doesn't get called. The game's going to overtime. LeBron is incredulous about the call. He was yeah. <laughs> dancing around there. He was he was dancing around, and then he's down on the ground, like yeah. burying his head. It was it was unbelievable. Then you think it you know couldn't get crazier after LeBron's wild reaction. Um, Patrick Beverly goes over to one <laughs> of the cameramen. This was fantastic. Patrick Beverly goes over to one of the cameramen sitting courtside grabs the camera and walks over to the ref and is like, Hey, there's, it's a foul. And of course the ref sees that he's like, what are you doing? And like, just, you know, tease him up. Cause like, what else is he supposed to do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Players can just go grab cameras now. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> so, so a classic, like Pat Bev thing to do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like the only other player that would maybe do that, like, and it's not even really that close. Like Marcus smart, maybe, I was going to say Draymond Green. but Draymond Green, yeah. But, like, of course it's got to be Patrick Beverly. Yeah. And so he gets beat up. The Celtics win in overtime. Um, and so, you know, I can understand the Lakers being frustrated. There's been a lot of dialogue this season about LeBron being frustrated with non-foul calls. And so it's just kind of adding to that narrative. I will say the, you know, maybe – naive i don't not i don't know about naive but i it wasn't like the that single call ended up with them losing they still went to overtime right right you know uh, what i mean yeah they, yeah they went to overtime after that and so part of me wants to say you know you, know, you play through adversity and but then still also, had the chance to win yeah you still had the chance to win but like it's also it can be pretty hard to put past you so can go both yeah. ways i don't know why what, what were your thoughts on this whole uh scenario 
Well, I got a couple thoughts. First, while I still have my tinfoil hat on here. Okay, let me um, put mine back on. <laughs> okay, good. So, <laughs> you know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how LeBron's LeBron tracker was moved off of, like, the main tab on NBA.com. Uh-huh. And there was there was another little uh, thing we mentioned that week, which I don't remember what it was, but where we had talked about how maybe he's at odds with with the the NBA, and now uh-huh. this happens. I don't know. <laughs> so you're saying that pretty crazy <laughs> the relationship between the NBA <laughs> in general and LeBron has soured. I I don't know if I really believe that. I just think <laughs> kind of a, a funny trend here. Yeah, but that my other comment on it would be, is just watching that clip over and over again. You're right. Like the actual foul that was being complained about was pretty soft. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, obvious, and yes, a foul, but pretty soft. I would have like been complaining more earlier when he was driving to the basket. I don't think it was Tatum. I think it was uh, it was another player off to his right. Someone though, like. They full had a a grip on his arm and was like pulling him yeah. back on the drive. And I was like, why are we complaining about that call? But that's not really here or there. It's just a a comment that I that I noticed, I guess, when I was watching that video. <laughs> right. No, fair point. I guess the reason they focus more on the the layup foul is because then you'd have free throws to yeah, potentially win points. it. Yeah. Yeah. But which but, I understand for sure. Yeah, but also it's kind of, I'm not saying this part is right or wrong, but it's kind of a, I would think in basketball circles, uh, a commonly held, you know, idea that generally the last couple of minutes of a game, refs tend to swallow their whistles, quote unquote, <laughs> and right. they'll, they'll let a lot more things go in the last minute or two. And again, maybe I'm misspeaking here, but that could also be a factor, but regardless, yeah. Um, on the whole, big picture, definitely a tough loss for the Lakers as they're trying to build momentum with Anthony Davis back. Nice win for Boston. Adds to the rivalry history, that's for sure. This is a nice little, yeah. you know, building on the, the Lakers-Celtics rivalry. Um, so that's a nice little side note, I suppose, even though there's controversy with it. Uh, let's talk about the last game. This is a, compared to the Celtics-Lakers game, there's not a ton to talk about with this one, but... Um, just another, you know, surprise win type game. The Charlotte Hornets hosting the Miami Heat, and they get a win, 122-117. to 117. And I guess I want to talk about this to just give a little bit of love to, you know, the Hornets players, even though the Hornets have had a tough season. You know, LaMelo Ball, who's played fairly well when he's played, but has been unavailable a good chunk of the time. Um, there's been players that have still been stepping up, mainly Terry Rozier. He had a strong game in this one again, 31 points seven assists, six rebounds. Uh, I'm not sure where he's where this season ranks as far as previous years, but he's having a nice year. So wanted to give him some credit there. Um, also, Terry. Ni- yeah, good job, Terry. Nice game from PJ Washington in this one as well. 27 points, um, pretty solid scoring performance. Uh, Hayward's back in the lineup, which is nice to see. He had 20 points in this game. Um, and Dennis Smith Jr. off the bench. He only had a couple points, but he's... He had been out of the league for a little bit, so it's nice to see him back after he had had an electric rookie year uh, several years back with the Mavericks. So just wanted to give them some love. I mean, for the Heat, they had Jimmy Butler, 28 points. They had Tyler Hero, 24 points. Um, They actually had 
most of their guys. It wasn't one of those games where they had a few guys out. But, um, yeah, Hornets just able to get the win at home. So nice job for them. Uh, I'm sure their announcer was going wild about this one. So congratulations to the Hornets. Um, why you've you've heard the Hornets announcer, right? Uh, I'm sure I have, but honestly, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head like who he is or what he sounds like. Right, I I can't remember his name myself, but I just got to say, for you and for the audience, look up you know Hornets highlights in general or Lamelo Ball highlights and. If you haven't heard the Hornets announcer, it's it's a trip. He's he gets <laughs> so into it, you know. As sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming, but you know, credit to him. He he loves what he does, and he, you know, uh, shows it through his commentating. Um, with that, that's our five on five. I'll quickly just glance through the other games that were worth noting. On Saturday, we did have another overtime game, and it was the Phoenix Suns winning in San Antonio against the Spurs. Other than it being overtime, there weren't a ton of statistical kind of notes from this game. I mean, Chris Paul, 31 points, 11 assists, nice game for him. Um, and uh, 13 boards for Jakob Pertl, 34 for Kelvin Johnson, 30 points for Jeremy Sohan, the rookie. That might be a career high. Um, so pretty exciting game, but... Um, Suns get the win anyways, so nice win for them. Um, otherwise, John Morant did have two triple-doubles this weekend, the one in the game we talked about, and then the very next game he had a triple-double, so shout-out to Ja, nice nice job there. Two triple-doubles back-to-back. Um, Moses Brown had 16 rebounds on Sunday for the Clippers. That's a pretty solid rebounding game. And Giannis, his Sunday night game, uh, at home versus the Pelicans, he had 50 points and 13 boards. And we'll certainly have a chance to talk more about Giannis individually once we get to our weekly MVP conversation. Um, but that takes care of our five-on-five five, uh, stuff. Wyatt, any comments on that before we move to our key news? Oh, you know, it's just it's just fun to see, like, overtime between two teams. You know, seeing they're still playing super hard even though they're you know, not exactly top contenders here for a playoff run. Like I, I, I can appreciate the Suns and Spurs are still working, working hard and making the competitive games out of, you know, a tough season. Yeah, absolutely. Being professionals, definitely hats off to them for, for doing that. Uh, okay. Let's jump to our key news. Uh, we've got a good amount of items. I'll kind of run through these, but again, Wyatt, if you want to add anything to these, Cut me off, you know, so I don't just run over you and your any comments you have. Um, cool. Firstly, uh, talking about that LeBron uh, missed call on Saturday, the NBA's Referees Association did confirm a missed foul call. And there was some other headline with it. Like they were, oh, they were upset that they, uh, let's see, let me pull that up. <laughs> I got to remember what the language was. Like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game, and that is gut-wrenching for us. This play will weigh, weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best referees we can be. Which, like, I appreciate it, but it's a touch melodramatic. You know what I mean? Like, sleepless nights, and I doubt it'll really... Yeah, yeah, that was, that was too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, you know, I guess I appreciate the effort to try and um, make up for that. Right. Um, Kind of an interesting thing from this is a sort of apart from the teams and games itself, but um, 
Nick's owner, James Dolan, he's been kind of a, a controversial guy at times. Uh, he did an interview with uh, W Fan Radio in New York uh, and just went on a you know couple things, talking about a couple things with the Knicks. He reaffirmed support for their general manager, Leon Rose, um, affirmed that he has no plans to sell the team or retire, even though he's had fans who have been calling for that at times. You know, there's some fans that are upset with his uh, work with the team. Um, and then he also discussed controversy surrounding the uh, Madison Square Garden's use of facial recognition software. And I don't remember all the specifics of this. I had heard about it before. Why? I don't know if you had heard about this, but apparently uh, MSG, Madison Square Garden, they've implemented um, facial recognition software in uh, specifically, I think, with fans as soon as they're coming into the game, um, you know, at the ticket you know, getting their tickets checked and checking in, whatever, um, that kind of thing. And it's mainly the main purpose was to, you know, uh, look out for like terrorist threats, uh, persons of interest, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But there's been some conversation that the Knicks and James Dolan in particular have been using it to um, weed out and prevent fans who have been critical of the Knicks and James Dolan from being able to watch games or they're getting, <laughs> they're getting warned as they go in to watch the games. And there's, again, there's not a lot of definitive answers here. There's some speculation, but th- that's just something that's gone around. Had you heard about this before? I hadn't heard about that. I mean, it's, it's kind of comical. I, I think that it's a, it's a good system to have in place as far as security measures go. The other, the other stuff is, is kind of funny. I don't, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not like, I guess as far as controversy goes, I'm not upset about it. I just think that's kind of a funny, a funny approach to. Yeah. Take. And if it's, if it's true, I would agree. It's comical. Of course, we don't have a lot of details on that, but yeah, um, yeah just kind of an interesting note. Thought we'd uh, add that to our news real quick. Um, this was probably the big item from this weekend. The Pacers, they signed Miles Turner to a, two-year, $60 million contract extension. And that also includes an additional $17 million renegotiation on this season's salary. So it's more like a three-year extension where he gets more for this season. He's got two more years. Um, I thought that was a pretty good move. I mean, he's a guy who's always kind of underrated. He's not a star, but I think he's a, a very good center, very good mm-hmm. defensively. And I like him. You know, he's still fairly young. You have him and Halliburton, and then you build some pieces around it. I I like that for Indiana. What do you think? Yeah, I I have been a fan of of Turner since he's gotten into the league. Um, I think he <laughs> he plays really hard. I I like a defensive specialist too. I think they, you know, are sometimes underrated a little bit. Uh, and you know he's a solid guy. Happy for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, getting getting paid, good for him. Glad yeah. to see that. <laughs> um, Send some my way, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Miles, if you're listening, a little bit of a little bit of help. Um, you weren't planning on that 17 million, right? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> last minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't have any plans. So you might as well. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, speaking of some money here, we do have some some negative stuff as far as some fines going around. Firstly, for the Warriors, uh, Steph Curry was fined twenty five thousand for throwing his mouthpiece. Uh, not the first time he's done this, but <laughs> nope. the, the the funny part about this is he threw it because of a bad shot by Jordan Poole. Did you see this? 
<laughs> no, I didn't see that. <laughs> so it's like an end of game, like last couple of minutes, and they're you know trying to build a lead or extend a lead. And Jordan Poole takes kind of a ill-advised like early shot clock, pulling up deeper three, misses it. And Steph is obviously kind of annoyed and he throws the mouthpiece, not at anyone in particular, but he's just frustrated by the, sh- the <laughs> shot selection and the refs team up and throw him out. What was it at pool? That would have been funny. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, I think he was like standing next to pool and he threw it away from him, like kind of towards like the baseline. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, kind of a funny one. Um, for the Sixers, Embiid, Joel Embiid was fined twenty five thousand for an obscene gesture, quote unquote, uh, in their game Wednesday. I did look it up to see exactly what the obscene gesture is. I'm guessing it's a one finger salute, but hard to say. That would be kind of the most common one, right? Um, and then the Miami Heat, the Heat organization, was fined twenty five thousand dollars for violating league injury reporting rules. They've done this again. It seems like they did it um maybe a month or two ago we had yeah. a, a couple of times and so kind of interesting that that's come up so often for them mm-hmm. i wish uh, uh i could get in on even just the fine money we talked about the 17 million but like these players pay 25k like it's nothing <laughs> exactly i could well, get a nice new car you know well think about i mean players is one thing but and like an organization a whole team that's paying you know, 15 guys that much money and they, yeah, and, and they, like... <laughs> they get fined $25,000. It's like, if I find you, Hey, give me three cents because yeah. you said that. <laughs> exactly. it's like, all right, dude, that breaking my continue, back here. I'll continue to <laughs> misreport on my injury list here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's not a, not a big deal for them. Um, okay. A couple of uh, injury notes as well with our key news firstly for toronto uh og Ananobi is going to be out at least four games with a left wrist injury uh best wishes to him as he's recovering from that injury four games isn't too long that's you know about a week week and a half potentially depending on their schedule um hopefully he's back sooner than later um for the lakers lebron james and anthony davis are ruled out tonight uh in brooklyn against the nets um i think that's more just kind of in that load management rest type category rather than an official injury. I think more just soreness than anything. So uh, hopefully they're back soon. Uh, The reverse news here, positive news as far as injuries are concerned. uh, Luka Doncic is good to play tonight versus Detroit. He had suffered an ankle sprain versus Phoenix uh, last week sometime, uh, but he's good to come back tonight versus the Pistons. So that's nice to see. Um, Again, with all these guys, uh, whether they're coming back from injury or recovering from injury, we wish them the best in that process going forward. Um, one small transaction note, other than uh, Miles Turner's contract, uh, the Kings, they did not re-sign um, P.J. Dozer to another 10-day contract. Instead, they signed Deontay Burton to a 10-day contract. Uh, so that's the signing there. Uh, a couple of things, uh, just NBA in general. Firstly, the uh, NBA website, they have this thing they post every week on Monday called The Five, and it gives you notes for the week going ahead. And I just wanted to shout out, they have a couple great points. Firstly, on the week, league-wide scoring increase and how that's continued, um, mainly talking about Lillard's 60-point game. 
as well as uh, the milestone watch. Of course, LeBron scoring, but some other milestones that are coming up for players. Uh, so just wanted to shout that out, give it a recommendation uh, if you want to read some more about the scoring and milestones that are coming up. Um, along with general NBA news, uh, remember that all-star reserves are going to be revealed on Thursday. Uh, these are selected by the 30 uh, head coaches of all the NBA teams. And again, those will be announced Thursday, so keep an eye out for that. Um, the league did announce their players of the week for last week, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard in the East and West, respectively. So congratulations to both of those guys for winning that honor. Again, we'll be able to talk more about them with our weekly MVP discussion. Finally, let's go ahead and check the LeBron scoring tracker. We've done this at the end of the news every every Monday. And LeBron is currently 117 points away. Of course, he's not going to be playing um, tonight versus or in Brooklyn. Um, and then their upcoming games, let's see. The conversation, you know, it'd be – probably best if he had the chance to break the record at home you would think which would probably be uh the thunder or the bucks somewhere in that range um but again we'll have to see what happens but regardless he's very close very close indeed so congratulations yeah, four or five games away probably yeah absolutely and again he's been on a especially toward stretch lately so it could be sooner rather than later yeah so I guess we'll see on that. Otherwise, that's everything with our key news. Let me go ahead and real quick, uh, we're going to run through our game previews. I'll go through these first, and then I'll bounce back to Wyatt and see what his thoughts are as far as the games that stand out for him uh, going forward. So firstly, on Tuesday, there's five games on Tuesday, a TNT doubleheader. 7.30, the Lakers are in New York against the Knicks. And at 10 o'clock, the Pelicans in Denver against the Nuggets. Uh, Lakers-Knicks, that's a classic rivalry, not a story to Celtics-Lakers, certainly, but there's some some history there. Uh, Pelicans-Nuggets, two of the better teams in the West, so the Pelicans have slipped. Uh, one more game to consider, lead pass at 7 o'clock, the Heat at the Cavs. Uh, Heat have gained some steam. Cavs have slipped just a touch. Should be a good uh, Eastern Conference matchup there. Wednesday, there's nine games on Wednesday. ESPN doubleheader this time. 7.30, the Brooklyn Nets in Boston against the Celtics. Two of your top three teams in the East, three or four. That should be a great matchup. Even without KD, Kyrie can still play very well for Brooklyn. Uh, and, of course, Kyrie returning to Boston. There's always some fireworks there. Um, and then at 10 o'clock, the Atlanta Hawks in Phoenix against the Suns. Uh, see what Trey Young can do against Chris Paul. Should be a good matchup there. Uh, one more game on Wednesday to consider, 8 o'clock on League Pass. Golden State Warriors in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. I picked this just because there's always something interesting that happens when Golden State's in Minnesota. Um, so keep an eye out and an ear out. Maybe something interesting happens there as well. On Thursday, there's seven games total on Thursday. We have a TNT doubleheader then. Uh Along with those games that night with the uh, Thursday TNT crew is when the uh, reserves, the all-star reserves, will be announced. So uh, another reason to sit, pay attention to these games. But the games themselves, 7.30, the Memphis Grizzlies in Cleveland against the Cavs. And then at 10 o'clock, the L.A. Clippers in Milwaukee against the Bucks. 
those are all four very good teams right now. Should be some some great games to watch there. And then Friday, there's eight games total. One national broadcast on NBA TV, 7.30, the Phoenix Suns in Boston against the Celtics. Um, again, we're getting our, uh, plenty of Suns and Celtics here this week. Um, should be a pretty good game. I imagine the Celtics will have a pretty good chance there. The Suns have struggled, but Chris Paul can always have a strong game and kind of will the team to a victory. So keep an eye out for that. And then the league pass, two games on league pass for Friday worth considering. At seven o'clock, the Charlotte Hornets in Detroit against the Pistons. I know those are two teams that are not doing very well standings wise, but that can also lend itself to a competitive game. Plus, there's a lot of young talent that's more and more beginning to develop and thrive for both those teams. So that's worth watching out for. And then at 9 o'clock, the Hawks in Utah against the Jazz. Wanted to give the Jazz some love, see if, you know, Markin has a nice game. Uh, the, the home court Jazz crowd, what they're able to do uh, versus Atlanta. Uh, Wyatt, what of these games kind of jumps out as the ones you'd pencil in on your calendar to keep an eye out for? Right. Top pick is Grizzlies and Cavs, you know, the high-flying guards. Well, you know, if Donovan plays. Right. But regardless, the you know, to even with Garland, you know, he's he's a strong guard himself and he's made right. some plays. So Yeah, two of the two of the top teams <clears throat> in the East, you know. So that well, you know, top team in the East, second in the West. Right. Um, and then and you got the Warriors and Timberwolves, which I think will be a pretty good game. They're both kind of right in the middle ground. Uh, uh, they're competing for a good playoff position. Absolutely. And then Nets and Celtics would be, um, you know, right there with the Warriors and Timberwolves. I don't know which one I'd rather watch. Probably leaning toward Warriors and Timberwolves just because uh, the Nets like KD right now. It'll probably be less of a contest, but you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are, again, two really good teams. And those two both are in the East, you know, two of the best teams in the East this this season. So those yeah. will be my top three as far as games I'd want to spend some time watching this week. Absolutely. I think those are all fantastic picks. Myself, I'd probably uh, – I mean, I think those are all good picks. If I had to add one, I would say uh, Tuesday, that first game, uh, Lakers at – uh, New York against the Knicks having LeBron in the garden. I think there hasn't really been a, an ultra fantastic scoring performance in his career at the garden. There might've been, I might be totally speaking out of my butt here, but um, <laughs> you know, especially with his scoring being such a storyline this season for him to have a huge scoring game in New York uh, this season would be, you know, very, very noteworthy, I think. And it would be pretty cool to see. So that would be something to watch out for. Um, yeah, otherwise, I'd probably ditto the same ones you highlighted. Um, but regardless, all of these games should be pretty good uh, this up- upcoming week. So definitely pay attention to those. Uh, otherwise, that takes care of our uh, game previews. Let's jump to our power rankings. Um, we've both got these updated over the last uh you know few hours had some time to revise discuss we didn't get a chance to discuss a ton but um should i lead things off or should i kind of turn it over to you like i normally have it's up to you man you can you can lead it off this time if you want to 
and okay. I'll throw in comments after. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, so for me, my top two, even though they had tough weeks, both the Celtics and the Nuggets, uh, Celtics one and three, Nuggets one and two, I decided to keep them at the top because they had created some separation between uh, the teams that are on their heels, but it's definitely a closer top five than it had been the prior week. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I moved the Sixers and the Bucks both up because they were undefeated this last week. The Sixers are at third, the Bucks at fourth. Bucks in particular had a stellar week. They were four and O, oh, and they could have even maybe been third, but Sixers are on a great stretch. So decided to give them the nod. Grizzlies then fall down to that fifth spot. They went one and three. Um, then those next five, it's Cavs, the Nets, the Heat, the Kings, and the Knicks. Uh, and those are all pretty highly, highly contested. Um, the um, I'm not sure what else to add, really. I mean, I've had those teams all kind of in that bottom 10 group at least the last week, maybe a couple of weeks for most of those teams. So not too much different there. The Clippers and Timberwolves have made some nice moves the last week. They both went up. Uh, three or four spots each. They're just outside that top 10. Um, Pelicans fell. They were 0-4. They've had a rough stretch there at least. They've lost at least their last eight. Um, They're currently middle of the pack right now. They're in that 15th spot. Um, The Hawks as well, they were 1-2. They fell five spots. Um, They're down to 18. The Wizards and Trailblazers moved up. Pacers and Lakers both fell. Um, I finally had some jumbling at the bottom of my pack here. I have the Pistons falling to that last spot, the Rockets moving up, the Spurs falling to the third worst, Hornets moving up to the fourth, uh, and the Magic and the Raptors stay the same. So that's generally uh, a kind of overview of my power rankings. Wyatt, I'm interested to see your thoughts and how this compares to your power rankings. Uh, yeah, I can I can echo a lot of yours and at least in the top five you know the pretty much the same group i still have the bucks over the sixers uh, i think you had the sixers above the bucks right yep and then you know i have the nets up a little higher than than you which you know with with kd being out lately i can definitely understood understand why you have them a little lower right now but i think they're gonna bounce back you know the nets and the sixers are i think really kind of exciting teams to to watch i think they're going to be really good com- uh competitors this playoff season as long as they can stay healthy absolutely uh you know some of my some of my bigger changes is you know also similar to yours there's the pacers who dropped 9 for me they they really have fallen off hard with you know, suffering with some injury mm-hmm. there. And then the Pelicans also dropped for me as well, uh, having gone zero and four. And yeah, like you said, on an eight game losing streak, they are uh, struggling for sure. Hope to see them come out of it. You know, they're a team that I think both of us, you know, would like to see succeed. You know, not a not a favorite necessarily, but a, but good feelings for them. And hopefully they can come out of this, this slump. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, other than that, I don't I don't have a lot of change. The Suns have picked it up a little bit after having a rough few weeks, but you know, nothing too exciting. Yeah, I think the Suns moved up for me as well. 
they went up just one spot from the previous week, but that previous week they had jumped up several. So kind of the same storyline. Um, yeah, Sixers Bucks. Just wanted to echo that. Um, I, for both of us, I mean, they're three or four somewhere in there. I think they're if he had if he had to do a tie, like a tie for third Bucks and Sixers, that would be pretty. That would be your tie right there. I think they're pretty close. Um, mm. And then yeah, Nets. I think the ret- the timetable return uh, for return for KD is probably whittled down pretty much i i think it's probably within you know a week or two at this point or it's getting close yeah so so the outlook of brooklyn being higher i think has potential and again we you know hopefully can get durant back especially since he was playing at an mvp level but um yeah overall i mean i think like you said we have a lot of correlation between our our two power rankings so um yeah, anything else we want to add before we jump to our MVP conversation? No, let's let's talk about it. Let's get right into it, absolutely. Um, as usual, we have uh, what we kind of pick as the 10 best candidates for our weekly MVP. This is week 15's action. Um, the loose criteria we set, we'd like to have players who had winning records in the week, um, Usually guys with positive plus minuses, although sometimes you have a winning record and a negative plus minus, and you can still get your uh, recognition here. And then, of course, standout statistical performances. Um, The big one, of course, if you had a great scoring week, that usually stands out, but also strong rebounding assists, you know, traditional stats, um, the great percentages as well. That's kind of the way we look for this. Um, and then the team record kind of helps guide us as well. Um, I've had a chance to glance through this a little bit. Of course, you know, putting it together, had a chance to see some of these things. I think there's this is one of those weeks where we have a number of good candidates. Um, why I would be interested to hear your thoughts first on this and where you're leaning. Right. I. So, I mean, Lillard is the kind of the standout for me here. And I'm trying to figure out like why his plus minus is in the, is in the negative. Cause he, you know, Giannis has one of the higher ones. He's the third highest on our list here at 13.5 in the positive. And Damien's is negative 2.3. And Damien Lillard has better stats than Giannis in every category this last week, except for rebounds, which is understandable given the uh, height and position difference. (laughs) But, uh, you know, so I'm trying to figure out like, is he just like, does he just not play defense or is he not moving the ball? Well, you know, how come that score differential is, is closing while he's in the game, but you know the stats don't point to that being the case. He had almost eight assists per game. His he averaged a, almost a steal and a half per game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's not getting any blocks, but what point guard is is really getting a a large number of of blocks? You know, yeah. So I don't know. He he looks like a really great uh candidate this week for MVP is percentages were phenomenal yeah i mean i guess 63 from the field is 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 not a crazy high number but it but but it is the highest number on our list and then 51 percent from three which is really good 92 percent free throw shooting you know damien's looking good 
I no, I agree. I mean, I I would even say sixty three is a very impressive number. Um, you know, when you compare it to like a DeAndre Jordan type, right? Yeah, I guess it, that would be the <laughs> that would be yeah. the only stipulation. <laughs> then it doesn't look stellar, but of course he's a center who's you know a dunk first guy or layups or you know uh, pick and rolls. Um, and even he, I don't think he's at that kind of number anymore. None of these uh, passes prime, but yeah, yeah. Little, for a guard to be shooting 63% yeah, from the floor yeah. is, is stellar. No, it is and, much more substantial for a guard. It's true. No, absolutely. And um, yeah, the, the plus minus is definitely intriguing. I tried to look through at the team scores. One thing that would be a possibility is if your two wins were close wins and then the one loss was like a big loss, and then your overall point differential would be negative, even though you were, you know, a winning team in that stretch. But it mm-hmm. didn't really seem to be the case. Their first game where Lillard dropped 60, they won that game by, um, or no, the game prior to that, they won by 20. And then the next game against the Jazz, they won by 10. And then so it not really the correlation there. I think maybe... You mentioned the defensive conversation. I know that Lillard has historically been in the not stellar defenders conversation, mm-hmm. even though he he did get one and nearly one and a half steals, like you mentioned. But um, yeah, kind of an interesting uh, conversation for sure. We should also certainly give some love for to Giannis here. You mentioned that plus minus, great plus minus there, thirteen and a half uh, across the four games. They were undefeated in that stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, he did his his thing you know the 38 points 12 well nearly 13 boards um the defensive numbers weren't there just one steal and 0.3 blocks but we got to shout out that three point percentage 46.7 percent from three for Giannis and he was attempting he was attempting like three or four a game across this stretch so shout out to Giannis for making those threes um I will say the one uh I guess jab at Giannis here is I'm having a hard time getting over the uh, assist to turnover ratio being one to one, having <laughs> yeah. four and a half of each. That's, you know, not <laughs> ideal, <laughs> but you know, that's never been Giannis's strong suit. So. Yeah. I mean, it's been something that flashes at times like, Oh, he could be, you know, dynamic, but he's certainly not a, a playmaking, you know, leader. And that is, mm-hmm. I wondered if you'd comment on that. That is a funny note that they were exactly the same. Yeah. Um, well, and the same thing for Embiid. It was four yeah. to four. But um, Embiid was a standout himself. I mean, they only played two games, but they were 2-0. 36 points, 14 boards. But his defensive numbers were stellar. Two and a half steals and one block. His plus minus six and a half. His percentages were a touch lower, but he was a better free throw shooter that stretch. Um I mean, there's a lot of good candidates. I mean, Curry had a nice week, Edwards. Um, I want to mention something that I kind of pondered for a few moments, but probably won't um, lean towards with my final vote. But you remember a couple of weeks ago where I was polling for the Knicks, right? And I was saying we should have like a, a co-MVPs situation. Right, um, yeah. I was looking at Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They both went 3-0 and in the stretch. Uh, of course, playing those same games together. They had like very identical stats. Combined, they averaged about 56 points. They're about 28 points each. 
Um, nice shooting percentages, great plus minus. I, they had the two best plus minuses of any of our players. And so I pondered for a second, oh, what if we did co-MVPs, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? But I kind of think we should maybe steer away from that, of course, to keep the purity of just one MVP. But also, they have missed much of the year, and they're just barely getting to consistently playing. And now suddenly we're going to award both of them at the same time. <laughs> right. Look at you. You went 3-0, and and you played for the whole week. And, uh, you know, so then I said, you know, I'm going to cool off on that. We're not going to do that. <laughs> but, fair enough. And Kawhi's three-point percentage was kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean. 35%, but. Not not great. It's yeah, funny not terrible it, either, though. You're, you're... Yeah, if you were to look like. 10 years ago or 15 years ago, it's 35%. It's like, Hey, he's a pretty decent three point shooter. But nowadays mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, he's not that great, but kind of interesting how that changes. But um, mm, yeah, that's true. So looking at this and we've kind of talked through most of the players. We also had Kyle Kuzma. He went three and Um Julius Randall as well. Probably we can rule them out, right? They don't compare quite as favorably to some of our higher up guys. Would you agree on that? Uh yeah, for the most I'm liking Randall's some of Randall's numbers. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I, I wouldn't I still wouldn't be able to compare him to Lillard or or you know Giannis or Embiid, so Yeah. Well, and just a quick shout out to Kuzma. He had a great week and he's kind of exceeding what people expect of him, but I still wouldn't quite put him in this conversation of Lillard and Giannis. So so just, you know, quick respect to him. But, yeah, let's jump into our top group. If you had to kind of give your thoughts right now, what you think as far as ranking, you know, who your top pick, your second pick, you kind of have an inclination there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lillard's my top pick. I I would like to do more research into, you know, why he got the, the negative – plus minus score but regardless i feel like his stats speak for themselves otherwise and he's got my top pick Mm. well and if you want to talk about team specific um i mean the bucks were still a top team in the east the sixers are continuing to be a top team but with lillard i mean that's a team that has really needed him to step up and they don't have – I mean, they have Anthony Simons, who continues to be an intriguing, you know, backcourt mate for Lillard and kind of solidifies his place in that role. Uh, Jeremy Grant's been very good for them this year. Nurkic plays well. But it's not the same level of team as far as an overall team talent kind of view than the Bucks or the Sixers. And so Lillard kind of has to carry more of that load. And right. so – so I would definitely, you know, give that as a vote in his favor. Um, interestingly enough, I don't believe we've named – I don't think we've named Lillard an MVP, of course, but we haven't named Giannis an MVP at any point this week or this season. Really? Which, which is surprising. That. Yeah. yeah. And so he would be a top pick for me. I mean, I think he's definitely, you know – week in and week out one of the best players in the world today and then Embiid would be pretty close but I'm not opposed to that Lillard vote either I think those three are probably the three front runners right so I I would choose Giannis over Embiid solely for the uh 
the you know twice as many games this week. Giannis <clears throat> pulled out four wins, and Joel Embiid still hundred percent for the week, but it was only two wins instead of four. So, you know, I feel like that merits some some respect that Giannis has held these numbers out over four games rather than just having you know two solid games. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, plus, he did that. He put up those stats in only 30 minutes a game versus yeah. Lillard's 35 minutes and Embiid's 36 minutes. So that's something else worth considering. Um, so I don't know. This is tough. I mean, I would probably I, – I would maybe, yeah, slide Embiid to that third spot along with you. So then that just puts it with between Giannis and Lillard for our MVP conversation. And this, this is a tough one. Yeah, it is. I I like what you said about Lillard's team positioning because it's it's hard to really you know go all out and play your hardest when your team is in a tough position you know kind of struggling. I mean sometimes it's motivating, but also it gets to a point where you're like, do we even have a, a chance? You know, like it will all of my efforts make any difference in the long run this season? Right. And I think that the Trailblazers are kind of on that that fence of like where Damian Lillard's got to be or at least and if I were in his shoes I'd be having some of those thoughts yeah so yeah I I like that and I would I'd give him a little a little vote there because of his tenacity despite some difficult circumstances yeah I mean if you think about that roster without Lillard you'd have Anthony Simons Josh Hart Nurkic, Jeremy Grant. I mean, it's they're nice pieces, but I don't know. Without Lillard, I feel like that would probably be a bottom three team in the West. And maybe that's yeah. harsh, but he definitely, you know, has that load like we've, you know, kind of talked about um, a lot these last, you know, couple minutes. But he, he's, yeah, played great. The percentages are stellar. I mean, highest percentages of anyone in this group, you know, carrying that team load, I would probably, yeah, I think you've, I think you've swayed me here, Wyatt. I think we can go with, should we, should we lock that in? I'm okay with locking that in. Yeah. Giannis, you will have your day in the sun though. I'm sure the way he's playing, it'll probably be within the next couple of weeks. He'll be right back in this conversation. So, yeah. But then again, are we also doing the, the MVP thing where it's like, oh, he'll he'll win five or six of these. Let's go ahead and give it to this guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like we are this week. Because no, that's something no. that we should keep in mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, no, that's I... kind of been like Tatum, you know. It, it seems like Tatum is always – I mean, he's not ironically this week, but he's always on our list. But, like, we, we eventually did give it to him a couple weeks ago, right? Oh, it was just last week, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. last week. Yeah, that's right. So – but for the longest time, he was always there, but never got the actual, um, you know, choice. Right. Absolutely. Um, no, fair point. But yeah, I think this week we are making a, it's not just a, oh, give it to this guy because he's good for now. But uh-huh. yeah, let's go. We've locked that in. I'll go ahead and show it to Wyatt here. We've got Damian Lillard Beautiful. written in week 15 MVP Damian Lillard. Congratulations, Dame. Uh you can come home to Utah, not not home, second home. He played, of course, his college ball at Weber, 
Um, Dame, if you want to come back to Utah and visit and pick up your MVP trophy for the week, feel free to do so. We'd love to have you. Um, and uh, congratulations again for winning this week's MVP. Um, okay. If we have nothing else to add to that, let's go ahead and do our This Day in History fact. And this is a great one. This is something that not a lot of people know about. This day in history, January 30th, we're going back to 1996. January 30th of 1996, Magic Johnson of the Los Angeles Lakers comes out of retirement, helping lead the Lakers to 128 or to a 128-118 victory over Golden State at the Great Western Forum. With 19 points, 8 rebounds, and 10 assists, Johnson had last appeared in an NBA game during the 1991 NBA Finals against Chicago. Uh, of course, after that season, he was diagnosed uh, with HIV, uh, and, or he was HIV positive. He did play in the 1992 NBA All-Star Game, despite not playing at all that season, and he won the game's MVP. It was kind of a feel-good story. He tried to make a comeback at that point, but then play other players were hesitant and they didn't want to play against him at that time. But he managed to come back for the last kind of half of the season in 1996. Why had you, had you heard about this or? I did not know that. No, that's pretty cool. I didn't know about it myself till probably within this last year or two. And I had seen, saw it on YouTube first. And then I went into the stats in the playoffs. Cause they were in the playoffs that year. They, uh, he was, coming off the bench, which I think is interesting. And they played him as a power forward. Of course, he was 6'9", 2'30", something like that. And so he could play a power forward, but he was mainly a point guard, of course, in his career. Um, interesting to note, of course, that the it was that very offseason in 96 where they signed Shaq and uh, traded on draft day for Kobe Bryant. So what if Magic had played the next year? Can you imagine? It, was, it would have been... <laughs> Shaq, Kobe, and <laughs> Magic Johnson. Shaq, Kobe, and Magic Johnson. That would have been wild. Yes, that would have been. I don't know if the team would have been a ton better with Magic. I mean, they were still pretty good in 97, but um, yeah. Would, anyway. would have sold some expensive tickets, though. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You can only imagine. Um, well, and if that team played today, you can imagine what the Yeah, after Kobe gained his prestige. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but regardless, I think that takes care of everything for our show. Want to thank you again, all of you listening to the podcast. We appreciate you. Uh, thanks again to Wyatt for being on the show. It's it's good to be with him as always. Um, so we'll be back on uh, tomorrow, Tuesday. We'll do our normal, you know, summarize Monday night's action, the latest news, and then we'll get into the award chase conversation as far as latest uh, movement in the MVP race, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, things of that nature. Uh, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Wyatt, any closing thoughts for us before we finish up? Well, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate your support and hopefully you watch some good basketball this week. Absolutely. One last shout out. Um, we'll do some self-promotion here. If you want to check out our Instagram account, that's at crossover across time 
uh, all one word, no caps. And we post content relating to the podcast. And we also do our best to like and uh, share content from all the NBA teams and uh, history stuff from the NBA as well. So uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, That's it for us today. And we'll be back with you tomorrow.